Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another installment of the Puck Talk Live podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard. With me on the call, as always, we've got Noah Foster and we've got Rafi Falafel Sarafian. It's Tuesday. It's a lovely Tuesday. It's a fine-ish day out with the weather. Boys, how are you doing today? We got 10 days. Uh, we, we, we basically got 10 days left of school. Well, how are you doing? 10 days? Ba- like, that's, wait, think that's about it? 10 school days. We got like school, yeah, days? 10 school days. Not 10, wait, that's crazy. Not 10 days before we're done. Like, that, no. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you Your mean. Your time is up in 10 days. Our expiration date <laughs> that's is kinda, in 10 days. That's kind of weird to think about. <laughs> That is, Jeez. But, that is very strange. Yeah, yeah. It's been a it's been a crazy, you know, last week. Um, my computer decided that it was not going to charge as of a two days as of three days ago, and I have, I have uh, AP exams which are now online. So uh, I had to find a replacement Jeez. computer real quick. It's a little tough. <laughs> an emergency an emergency backup computer, one might say. Um, so <laughs> we got an e problem, guys. Hectic, but we no. <laughs> yeah. I had one. <laughs> Noah has one. Literally I don't. I don't need one. <laughs> I, I. I broke my computer. Like my screen is not my screen, but like my computer. There's a chip in the uh, bottom of it. So whenever I open it, it's like the screen works, but it's slightly crooked in, in its um brace because it's a Yoga Lenovo Chromebook, whatever. And mm-hmm. I will tell you, I did not want to have to spend the hundreds of dollars to get it replaced and and fixed. Uh, through the school, so I, I dealt with it because it works, and I'm yeah. not taking AP. So as so. as you know, they're gonna make it. They're gonna make a movie about that one day. Are they? About the the perseverance it took you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if that's perseverance rather than just not wanting to spend a couple hundred bucks on something that isn't man <laughs> like necessary. But yeah, you know what? I would love to have Ryan Reynolds play me in a movie. Honestly, <laughs> seems like, seems like you've given a lot of thought into that. Although, who wouldn't want Ryan Reynolds? I don't think them? Ryan Reynolds could play like like a good you, Noah. I I didn't say I didn't say he'd be a good me. I just said who doesn't want Ryan Reynolds playing? I'm them? saying you don't want Ryan Reynolds <laughs> playing you because it wouldn't be accurate. <laughs> if you, like I think okay. it'd be the greatest compliment to have an actor that would be at an accurate portrayal. That's I true. mean, what like so? I'm I'm thinking like Pee Wee Herman, you know. Like, oh, look, 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 like you, you put a picture of Noah next to Peter Herman. I think it's pretty accurate looking. They're both short. They both got big foreheads, and they both got high pitched voices, and they both wear tuxedos on the date. And that's all you need. I think. I think it's good. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> yes, I'm a hundred percent. Noah wakes up and puts he on wakes his up tuxedo. in a tuxedo. Where's he, he going? Where's he going? He hasn't Nowhere. changed in years. Yeah. Yeah, he go, he joins his Zoom calls in a tuxedo. Yeah. He dresses up very nicely for uh, all the he, Zoom calls. He 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 know he recognizes his time in the school is almost up, and uh, his time to not be able to uh, talk to teachers outside of class is uh, slowly becoming uh, a close reality. So he's got a he's got a dress to impress, boys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in, moving on, we got we got we a great do have show a great show coming up. <laughs> Noah, why don't you run it? Why don't uh, you run this down? I also, the list? Had, I also had a good day. I also had a good day. You know by what, the way. Rafi? Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> glad, I'm glad you did. I'm very glad. I think we kind of know by now exactly what I do. You wake up, easily you stress yes, over I, APs, I woke and you bike, up, and then you come home and exactly. you sit around pondering your existence. Aren't we all? Eh, pretty much. Well, 
pretty accurate. Play some NHL 22 yeah. with, the, with the boys, with the San Francisco City Duelers. But, yes, other than oh that, that's pretty God. much how the day goes. It's a great day. Thank you. I oh. came up with it, by the way. All right, <laughs> Noah, run us down. All right. Run us we down got... before I get more questions about this. <laughs> got a great show for you guys. We got a bunch of housekeeping, some interesting news from across the league and across, um, across multiple leagues, actually, all hockey-related, of course. And we have, we're going to be counting down, or not counting down, we're going to be going over what we think our top NHL moments uh, across the entire league was this season. That was not English. Three of us are going to be going over what we think were the best NHL moments so far of the 2020 season. There's a lot of them, lots to choose from. So we got a couple that we think you guys will like and can reminisce on. But first, we got some signings, some entry-level deals so, that our prospect guys will break down for so, us. So. Montreal had offered and has signed the uh, pro- their prospect Cameron Hillis, who played. He was the captain of the Gulf, not Galefi, Gulf Storm. Uh, put up ninety-two points. You said Rafi, eighty-two, eighty-two, eighty-three bad. rather, eighty-three points in sixty-three games. And before I throw it back to you, he was drafted third round, sixty-sixth overall in the twenty eighteen draft by. Zim, Montreal Canadiens. He should slot into the lineup pretty well, maybe next year. Vegas has signed uh, Providence College uh, player. This was a sophomore season. Jack Dugan, he put up 52 points and decided to go pro, signing his contract. Whether or not we'll see him in a Vegas uniform is up to uh, debate. He will probably big Pims big guy. Pims guy. Very really? big pins guy. He had 104 Woo! penalty minutes with the Chicago Steel three years ago. Oh, my. And first season with Providence, 48 pins. And then this last season, 64 pins with Providence in a sophomore Whoa. season. So, big big pins guy. Maybe we'll likes see a Milan Lucic type player picking up pins and scoring 30 goals a season. Uh, minus the whole big falling off and not really performing well in the latter half of his uh, career. I mean, he's six two, hundred eighty five pounds. So not not too big on the. I mean, he's he's. A I mean, that's not that, that big body yeah. length wise, but he's like he needs put on a, a few unit, more pounds, and he'll he's not he'll a be a force to be reckoned with. And the yep. San Jose Sharks have signed Timor Ibrahimov. Uh, they all signed their entry level deals. Yeah, hopefully uh, they have prosperous careers. Hopefully, we'll be uh, talking about them well into the future. Ibrahimov is a fifth round pick, if my knowledge doesn't uh, fail me. But yeah. sixth round, 164th sixth overall Man. by the San Jose Sharks in 2019. Thank you. In other minor league close. hockey news, the American Hockey League, the AHL, the minor league affiliate system to the NHL, has officially canceled. The ACHL canceled. Most other professional leagues in the country outside of the NHL system had canceled. The AHL was put on hiatus with hopes to return in a similar time frame to the NHL. That is no longer the case. They have officially canceled. Thoughts, boys? Yeah, I I like this move. And as Noah was just about to say, like, we all saw this coming. And none of of us were really shocked when we heard that. I I feel like we all really expected this to happen. Something that I am interested in, to hear about in the coming days or coming weeks as we get closer and closer to the alleged summer training, the training camp days or training camp weeks being brought up is whether or not the rosters will expand for NHL teams. Because as we know, 
that regular NHL roster in a regular season is 23 players. You have 21 players and then two goalies. So that may, with simple math, 23 players on your roster. And as we all know, injuries happen. So, and causes teams to like have to call up players and send players down. So with that, if let's say the San Jose Sharks somehow make the playoffs, for example, in this whatever playoff thing they decide to do, I know they're super out of it, but I just, I'm going with the Sharks. Sure. Why not? And they lose three defensemen. They only if they only have two defensemen on their roster, they can't really fix. Rather, wait. Let me let me restart. They could run out of roster space and not have enough roster spots. So if another if one of their forwards goes down, for example, they might not have a player to fill that up. And if they need to call someone up, that player may not have had the time to practice, may have not skated, may have not had a game last night where they're still in the competitive thing and they're still not on skates because the AHL season's over. So I feel like it'll be interesting to see if the NHL allows AHL players to still – like the NHL teams to choose like three, two to three players to join the NHL roster just so in case of mass injuries you have some more players who are at least skating so they're ready to go yeah. if need be. Uh, it only makes sense. Like it, it, it was a. I would think it would be a logistical nightmare for the NHL and the AHL to you know find hub cities for both leagues, finish out their games, you know, come up with playoff formats. It only makes sense. Like it just it, it makes the most sense for the league. So because a lot of these players might be still in, like some of the AHL players, for example, like there might be a few guys who are in Sweden right now, and that might be hard for them to get over if. Some of the if if the Sharks wanted this guy from Sweden, they would have to wait, and they're playing in the Canadian hub city. It'd be it'd take up too much time for him to come get quarantined fourteen days and then play in whatever game is next for the Sharks. The Sharks essentially would be eliminated. So if they if they were in the playoffs, it's also obviously. being reported that uh, AHL players are being told to stay isolated, uh, not like you know you can barring restrictions to wherever you're staying currently. Uh, with the pause, you know, stay isolated, be be prepared. I'm assuming that's that's just because they are they are anticipating some sort of roster expansion in the uh, in the pros. So look out for news. Yeah, for sure. For, for sure, Canada and the U.S. will be limiting whether or not players can practice or not. But a lot of news has come out about players who went back to Sweden or went, have gone back to like Finland, for example, and they're getting they're rules and laws yeah. per se on the COVID-19 stay at home orders have been a bit more lighter. So they have, so if you're coming back from Sweden, you're likely to have skated or you're likely to be a bit more ahead regardless of your skill level than a player who is currently at currently staying in Canada or the U S per Pierre Lebrun, the NHL's return to play committee, uh, that was meeting that was supposed to happen tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, had to be pushed up to today. I'm only pausing for dramatic effect. Pierre LeBron also said that is just because it was a uh, it logistically made more sense to have that meeting with uh you know scheduling conflicts surrounding other uh, meetings through the week. So it only made sense. That does not mean that there's going to be a decision. However, it, it is likely that a decision on the league will be made sometime in May. That that seems to be the consensus among reporters and insiders. So we definitely won't be the first to break it, but we will hopefully uh, in the continuing 
days and weeks as the month progresses. Uh, be discussing returning to play plans that once they're set in stone uh, by the league on the podcast. Yeah, I feel like it has to. They have to make a decision soon in the next week or two weeks because if we think about it, a lot of the draft is happening the first week of June. And we're expecting the NHL season to resume at the moment, late June, early July. So if you want to get a solid plan out and come up with your plan B as well, I highly recommend that the NHL kind of tries to like fast track this a bit, like figure out, make their decisions soon so then they could figure out all the other logistics. So I wouldn't be shocked if they come up with their final decision in the next week or two. Yep. In, uh, in- let, let's look out west to two front office changes. Los Angeles Kings have opted to not renew assistant GM Mike Fuda uh, contract. It is re- he, he was regarded as a pretty, uh, pretty solid asset to the front office and is regarded as someone that could really beef up a front office across the league. Uh, no one really has like a set reason why that might, why the contract was terminated. It might be an internal thing. It might be, but it, it, what seems to be the case is Mike Fuda is trying to find a better job, whether it's better paying, better accommodating, you know, more freedom in uh, the say in the operations of the team, or just a head GM job somewhere, ahem, Chicago, uh, wherever there might be a GM on the hot seat. It looks like Mike Fuda is uh, anticipating some sort of job change for the coming season or seasons. Honestly, what that says to me, and we don't know the uh, details of this quite yet, but if it seems that if the LA Kings decided to not renew his contract, um, like if that was purely of their decision, then that says to me that they're going to look to clean house. Because if Mike Fuda is like one of their best and they're getting rid of him, then it seems like they're going to like clean house in their front office. Yeah. If, yeah. if Mike Fuda was the one who's like, look, I don't really want to be here anymore. This organization is kind of garbage. By kind of garbage, I mean like they've fallen off quite a bit. Um, then he's probably looking for a head GM job or a GM job in a, you know, better organization. Yeah. yeah. And it, it kind of relates to the Hawk situation too, where we're starting to see some people now being really put on the hot seat. So both, both the Blackhawks and the Kings were predominantly super elite teams for the first half of the decade. But since their last few playoff, playoff matches in 2016, 2017, they've, they've definitely, fallen off quite a bit so I'm not too shocked about this and I agree with you no I don't think this is the only guy who's gonna be out of office for the LA Kings in the coming months or coming season the CEO and president of the Arizona Coyotes organization has been fired or as we put it in our notes is no longer with the organization to put it in short he was the John McDonough not in the same sense that John McDonough is John McDonough but he was Arizona's John McDonough, the president and CEO of the club. I don't know what that means for the club's future. Everyone knows that they are proud. They, they are one of the uh, not so bright spots economically for the league. Uh, they are almost operating at a loss or close to operating a loss almost every season, despite their standing success and despite their uh, big rift, not big rift, but their big waves in free agency and trade over the last couple of seasons. They have still yet to really pull out as a economically viable option for the league to, to rely on in any way. So maybe the the team, the the owner is kind of sick of that 
and is trying to find someone that can really – maybe it is John McDonough that goes to Arizona now that I think about it because it, it actually makes a lot of sense to reshape the front I mean, office. I mean, I, I think we know a lot of Blackhawks and Coyotes trades in yeah. the past. Yeah. Free agents. I, I, it would be but super I wouldn't ironic. Be shocked. Not ironic, but it would be super, you know, <laughs> It'd be very, very uh, par for the course, for the narrative, for the uh, – for the organizations to swap presidents and owners. Now that I think about it, geez, not well, owners, for but sure, for sure, you get it. for sure, the Coyotes would look into John McDonough. Oh, yeah. I feel like because if you look at what John McDonough has done to the Chicago Blackhawks, they were one of the worst profited, like selling tickets in, in the and, league. And he put Chicago on and the now map. Now we're he put yeah. Chicago on the map. And yes, Chicago is a much bigger city than Glendale, Arizona, but still, it's one of those. It's a smaller market. You have less fans. You need more. Fans, you have a higher. You need more income. I think. I think because it's a smaller market, and you also kind of, you're, you're marketing the Glendale Phoenix area. You have the capacity to find. Yes, you have a smaller market, but you have the capacity to bring in more passionate fans. The same amount every night, and I think that's what they really need to do. I, I think. I think a guy yeah. like, not a guy like. I think John McDonough would be great in that role. Because they they, they mm-hmm. have a lot of things in their, you know, business wise that the that that fans around the league make fun of that I think John McDonough could go in and whip up. I really think he could be the savior of that organization. They have great players too, as we know. They brought in Taylor Hall. They brought in Phil Kessel. So they've been bringing in some solid superstar caliber yep. players per se. So they're definitely getting the oh ooh la la look like how New York got Panarin mm-hmm. and Florida got Bobrovsky and everyone was like they've oh my got God. next year's potential so, uh, Vesna winner and Darcy Kemper. Yeah, exactly. they got the yeah the Ronta Kepner duo has been amazing. They have Captain Oliver Ackman Larson. They have some good prospects too coming up. So it's a team from a team playing standpoint, as you said, Logan. They are they're, they're like mil- meddling the, in the they're, standings. They're, un- they're an up and they can. Team. They're they're really boomer bust, I'd say, at the moment, in the sense that their bust is like they just missed the playoffs and their boom they is the they can be first yeah. in the Pacific. So mm-hmm. they have they have the potential for sure. But at the end of the day, too, you need to be thinking about the business aspect of the team too. If your team wins three Stanley Cups when no one's showing up to your games, you might still have to relocate. Because although the team is successful, the business side isn't. So at the end of the day, hockey and all sports are a business, so it's going to yep. be interesting to see who they look for to fill that role. Or if they just look for somebody new and if they decide to reloc- relocate or not. I know we talked a couple of shows about where possible te- where teams could possibly relocate. And Houston, Houston. Was, yeah. Houston was one of our favorite options. I'm so. a big supporter of Houston. So I think knows? Houston would be a yeah. very good hockey it, franchise, as I've mentioned. I don't think times. the league is looking really to expand anywhere, so, so a relocation no. site would definitely be – within bounds for the league, especially for a team that, you know, the, uh, the Thrashers, when they moved to Winnipeg, when they changed ownership and moved to Winnipeg, um, that was less so of a money-making thing from the Thrashers and more so a business decision by the organization that owns the team. This would definitely be something that the, the league needs, not the league, but the team needs to consider in order to, keep their financial standing in the league and kind of have some sort of say in, you know, just, just the say in the league. I, I, th- I think, I think yeah. uh, a move for that franchise, and I think a president and a front office that is on board with some sort of relocation is definitely in store for the Phoenix uh, Coyotes. Not Phoenix, my bad, Arizona Coyotes organ- Arizona organization. Now, yeah. 
And we saw with the, for example, the LA Chargers a few months back or a few years back, they were located in San Diego. Not a big fan base team. They had another small market team, conveniently also like further south in the West region. They didn't really get too many fans. A lot of people weren't showing up. They weren't making a lot of money. So they decided, all right, there's an opening for us to go to L.A. So they're like, all right, let's move to L.A. They're going to have a very nice stadium now that they're sharing with the Rams. It's, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's, very, it's a very beautiful stadium. So now they're going to L.A., or now they are in L.A. And if you look at the stats, too, prices are going up. They're making – they have more fans in attendance. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Coyotes see what the char- – if the Chargers continue to have success in the next few years in L.A., I wouldn't be shocked if the Coyotes look to do the yeah. same and move on a pure business standpoint decision. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Now I think it's a good time to uh, talk about – Noah, you mentioned that we were going to be discussing our uh, top NA- – our respective top NHL moments of the season. Why don't we start with you, Noah? Why don't you give us uh, – a top moment from the league. So one of my favorite moments from the league, uh, and obviously this was very scary when it happened, when Jay Bowmeister had his um, cardiac situation on the bench before <laughs> the Blues-Ducks game. Bless you. Um, thank you. It was, was a very a bit, scary situation at the time. Thank you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just said thank you to say Taking thank you. Yeah. Taking credit for somebody else's sneeze. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. So... It was very scary when uh, Bo Meister collapsed, but to see the way the hockey community uh, rallied around him, and it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just the Blues organization and the Blues fans. It was like everyone, like everywhere. Um, I remember he was uh, the next game he was in attendance for. He was re- he received a standing ovation um, for being for fighting and for you know, like kind of and for his recovery. So that was really awesome to see the, the entire hockey community coming together. Like rivals or not, it's scary when something like that happens. And it's really cool to see everyone rallying around one person and sharing their fight yeah. with them. I, Jay Bowmeister is a league veteran. He's a valued asset to the uh, St. Louis Blues organization. I, I think everyone recognized that. And I think the league response and the fan response uh, towards Jay Bowmeister was something else. Like it, it was a. Uh... It, it was it was a lot like the Oscar yep. Limbaum situation. Yeah, exactly. Where everyone was saying Oscar strong, and was, we see we saw the same thing. Even if you were a Hawks fan, Nashville fan, Dallas fan, Bruins fan, you were still supporting Jay Bo Meester's comeback. Even if you were a Penguins fan, you'd still be supporting Oscar Limbaum with his fight against cancer. The so hockey community is both... a tight knit community, regardless of, uh, for lack of a better term, party affiliation. It, it's yeah. smaller than the NFL, NBA, and MLB when it comes to fans, but it's a much yep. tighter community. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take this next one here. I think maybe th- this was something that Pavel Barber had been showing, had been talking about, had been posting about forever. And finally, we saw the professional debut, the NHL debut of the uh, Michigan goal by Andrei Svechnikov. Finally Not happened. once, but twice finally. by him. Just saying he has the most uh, Michigan goals in NHL history. Just, just putting that out. There. By two. By uh, two. And then the next person to do it, I believe, was Forsberg, who uh, yep. pulled it off. Not Philip. Not quite as successful. Oh, yeah, though. Philip Forsberg. Not, I think so. uh, yeah. Why am I forgetting the legend's name? Forsberg. Uh, Anthony. Peter, Peter, thank you. Why did I say Anthony Forsberg? Peter Forsberg. Philip Forsberg of the National Predators. 
anyways, I think it was such a cool goal. Because it was attempted for yeah. so many years. He, a lot of players tried it, doing it. It was – the call by John Forslund may have been, like, utter shock. Like, maybe the coolest thing I'll hear all season until the playoffs start knocking on wood. Um, by a play-by-play announcer. It was just so cool to watch, to, to break down. Defenders can't really do anything about it. Once it's up in the air, the goalie has to try and adjust. Which, on the second time around, if you, if you saw the second uh, Michigan goal by Sveshnikov, the goalie did have a pretty hardy attempt. I believe it was Connor Hellebuck to uh Yeah, it was. It was versus in Winnipeg Jets. forced Sveshnikov to make yeah. an adjustment before he, had, before he ultimately buried it, giving him his second Michigan goal. But I think that's just a cool moment. That's like a cool little benchmarker moment in uh, league history for me. So, yeah. Yeah, there's been it- a lot of crazy goals in the past that we've seen and a lot of crazy celebrations too. Oh, yeah. So it, it's definitely nice to add that to the book. Yeah. Noah. Yeah. I mean, like it's even if like, even if you had no idea that the Michigan goal was never lacrosse style as people are calling it had never been pulled off in an NHL game before. I think it's still just an, an incredible goal. And the fact, the fact that he did it twice just makes it that much better. First time was like really cool. And the second time you're like, are you serious? You just did it again. Madman. Yeah, so after was, the yep. second, after the second cool. time, it was just insane to think like, okay, okay, doing it one time is really cool, but if you're able to somehow do it again, make an adjustment too while the puck's in the air, it, it's phenomenal. And I know as you were talking about earlier, Logan, how it felt to listen to the call. And of course, you're a huge Hurricanes fan, so I'm sure you love to have the honor of being a partial, yeah, it's definitely part-time. part-time. I, I wouldn't consider my. Well. I mean, I'd consider myself moment. a full-time Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> fan, but I'm not going to, you know, they... Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, it's I'm like... a part-time Bruins fan. Like, you're a part-time Hurricanes fan. Like, we, we're full-time Hawks fans, but, like, we, uh, we yeah. still keep tabs on our second Rafi, teams. There you go. I was, I was about, I was about to transition into yes, you. Were taking I, I, I will there. take it over. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure we were all caught up and ready to go and move on because I don't yeah. like talking over people, which I do way too much. And, but <laughs> oh, a, no. really, what was a really heartwarming moment <laughs> for the... No, 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 I'm kidding. Go for it, go wow. for it. So another really good moment of the NHL season, alongside the Limbaum and alongside the Bo Meester responses, was the Bobby Ryan moment. And Bobby Ryan, early November, decided to take a leave to get to go under some treatment because he had been dealing with alcohol abuse. It was a very big problem for his life. It's been going on for the last few years as well, so it was really terrible to hear about that. Finally, on February 27th, he finally makes his debut again. He's 32. He makes his debut, re-debut, and versus the Vancouver Canucks, he scores a hat trick with his first game at home versus, with the Ottawa Senators. It was honestly one of the greatest moments that I've ever seen in my life because it was just one of those things yep. where it was like the Robin Lehner moment when he won the Vesna, mm-hmm. or not when he won the Vesna, when he won the Masterton, rather. That speech, it was just like, it was one of those moments. And I know you guys have definitely seen the, like when everyone in the stands was, was chanting Bobby, Bobby, yep. Bobby with 149 to go after Bobby Ryan's third goal. And it was just, 
seeing him like just get so emotional and just cry and just like feel the moment was just one of those heartwarming moments that like I know for sure I'm going to be remembering for the next few years because it's just it, it's just awesome to see those comeback stories and it, it seems like it's written from like a fairy tale story or something. It's just one of those moments where it, it doesn't seem real, but when you finally are able to corral it, it's just one of those moments that you that you just feel great yep. to have been alive to see it. I cried. I didn't watch the game, but I watched the uh, <clears throat> like his three goals, and I watched his reaction and the crowd's reaction before, and like I cried. It was it was it was a very emotional moment, obviously for him, for his family, and to see like, Rafi with the nail right in the head is literally like out of a Disney movie. Like the comeback, it would have been like um, much more like I don't know normal, I guess, just having like a normal game, maybe like one point, like an assist or something like that. He scored a hat trick. Like that's that's crazy in his first game back um, with the team after like going and taking care of himself, it was uh, really amazing to see. Yeah. Really, really solid moment. And as we, as we, as we talked about the hockey community is very tight. And if you looked at like the Vancouver Instagram comments of that post, or you looked at the tweets after that game, like even the Canucks fans were like, I, I don't care about the outcome of this game we lost. I'm not even disappointed by that. It's just one of those moments where, like, for example, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals last year, that stunk for me. That was terrible. But seeing Layla Anderson hold up the cup and oh, just yeah. have that moment was just, like, I, you can't, I you can't be upset about, about that, about that at the end person. of the day. The fact but. that – exactly. It's one of those moments that you – regardless of what team you root yep. for, you just, you just have to say, that's amazing. And I'm, like – would I love the Bruins win the cup? Yes. Would I? Would Vancouver fans have loved to want, win that game? Yes. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because it's it's hockey and those moments those moments are hard to come by. And when they do, it's it's yep. moments that you remember forever. I'm gonna take this next one right here. I think a peak moment in league fans. Uh, I don't know how how you would call it. I think a peak moment in the league, in fans of the league's um, craziness, uh, complaininess. Uh, I I don't know what the word would be, but complaining. Do you happen to bring up the I, Toronto I, I Maple Leafs fan base by any chance? Maple Leafs fan base by any chance. Carolina huh, Hurricanes interesting. game. Go I on. very much remember this. It was actually no, this was a different game that I'm thinking of. Um, it, it 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 was a whack, wacky game. James Reimer gets hurt in warmups, I believe, or he got gets hurt five minutes in. Five minutes in, I believe, yeah. and practically warmups. Uh, Mrazek comes in. Mrazek is a little bit of a better goalie between the two. Goes in, stopping shots. He goes out to play a puck as a guy is coming in on a potential one-on-one scenario with Mrazek and him. I forget who it was. Um, I believe Jason it was Spezza, Jason I believe. Um, It may have been Spezza. He's going out to play the puck off the boards in order to prevent a uh, sticky scenario for him. And on his way out, he gets a terrible shot to the head and is taken out of the – it wasn't like – it wasn't an on purpose. It ball. wasn't like – No. It, it wasn't a nasty play, just to say. It wasn't like a nasty – like he elbowed him or something. It, it was – they both were going for the puck. Spezza was – Obviously, trying to avoid running into him, but it's one of those times where he was outside the trap zone by far too. So 
he tried playing the puck, and it was unfortunately yeah. they both collided with each other. I'm. It, it was one of those, like it, it's one of those moments that stinks because you yeah. couldn't do anything about it. So, Spetsa, mm-hmm. I believe, got a two minute for it, a minor penalty for it, which is fine because he didn't really do much. He shouldn't have gotten kicked out of the game. Yeah, um, but Logan continue though. Gives a shot on accident uh, to Mrazek's head. Helmet falls off. He's down in the ice. Scrum breaks out. Uh, game stopped for a little bit. Mrazek comes pulled off the ice. And in comes 45. My bad. 42. 42. Number yeah. 90 in Carolina, David Ayers. He is the uh, Zamboni driver for the Toronto organization for the Marlies. Marlies. Marley's yeah. helmet. He's wearing a Marley's, Marley's helmet colored too. pants because he every now and again he takes shots. He practices with the team to give them another goalie on the ice, and he goes out there. He doesn't stop every shot. He doesn't put up a uh, a shutout. He, he allowed two goals on three shots on the first three yeah, shots. Yeah, at, at first, at first I was getting get a bit of like, oh no, he's gonna he's gonna ruin Scott Foster's ring, name. And then the rest of the game, he completely I, I, I think it out. was partly due to the fact that Carolina had to adapt their defense because it was an e-bug and not an NHL caliber goalie. But he, but then again, like get, the getting to my point here, the Maple Leafs, he the, the the just everything that surrounded the 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 media fallout, everything, the interviews, he was a hero to people everywhere of any kind of sports fandom. Like, it was nuts. He showed up on every TV network, every podcast. Uh, you had everyone talking about it on everything. And then you had people in, in, in the far, far corners of lo- lo- ludicrousness in the league saying that we have an e-bug problem. What? I, I, just, I just think that that moment is like a cool moment. Yeah. That's just like something that you can look back on this year around all the craziness of the uh, coronavirus and just look at it and it's really cool moment to me. And also the fact that I, I think it was, I think it's nuts. That's fans. There, there, there was a big mo- movement, big enough movement that people actually started discussing. Well, is there an e-bug problem? The answer is no, there was not an emergency backup goalie problem in the league by any means. Owners agree on it. GMs agreed on it. End of story. Next question. I think it's I think it's cool that you can just have uh like normal people and guys that are playing, you know, like for fun, like playing in like like non-competitive leagues, like beer leagues, whatever, uh to have them play at like an NHL yeah, an NHL uh level and perform. I think that's pretty cool. Like I don't think the story would have been as big if uh Ares had gone in and like let in five goals on seven shots. Like I don't think it would have been as big. But he stopped I think, like, after he let in his first two goals, I think he stopped, like, nine straight or something like that, which, like, isn't, you know. Yeah, the solid state percentage at the end of the it's night. It's not, like, yeah, it's not, like, 60 shots that he's facing, but, like, nine shots from an NHL-caliber team when you're not an NHL-caliber goalie seems like a lot. Yeah. So, good for him. Hey, it's it's cool It's cool to see just, like, regular people. Uh, it's a horrible situation to be in for the, uh, for the Hurricanes, but, you know, it's cool to see, like, just, like, regular people stepping up and that – uh, my, how much it takes to be an NHL goalie? Yeah, and and my key point about that is how important that game is currently at the moment because 
if we think about this from a playoff standpoint, and this is before, of course, all the stuff had come out with COVID-19, all the season got canceled. But at the time, Carolina was, like, trying to get in. They were, like, just there. They were in and out. And it's one of those games that could have determined the Carolina Hurricanes' playoff berth at the end of the day because right now, if we look at the race at the time of the pause in the season, you have Carolina as the wild card one team. You have Columbus who's tied with them, the Islanders who are one point behind them, the Rangers who were really hot and two points behind the Hurricanes. So let's say the Hurricanes didn't win that game. The Hurricanes are all of a sudden knocked down out of the playoffs. So that's a huge game, even if the regular season finished out. And I'm sure if they're her lot, bless you. <laughs> I'm cut that. If the Carolina Hurricanes made the playoffs by a point or two, everyone would look back at that game and realize that was the big shift of the. That was the big shift of their season. That was probably the clutches game of the Hurricanes. David Ayers would be praised as the hero for staying in the Carolina Hurricanes season. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much, which is kind of cool to see. They had a Zamboni driver who works for the opposing team's uh, minor league affiliate save the game for against his yeah. uh, against his NHL squad. That's kind of cool. Yeah, like and how how dare the Maple Leafs fan base or pose the question of do we need do we have an e bug problem? I think it's an amazing an e bug problem. Have, is an amazing thing to have. Who else is gonna? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know no, what you were saying. <laughs> Continue. For our final one, since uh, while well, Rafi's getting his ideas together, uh, one of my favorite moments from the 2019-2020 NHL season so far is when Marc Andre Fleury makes this desperation save uh, with his glove. And if you look it up, pretty much on anything YouTube, Google, whatever, you'll probably find it. It's he's out like out of his crease by about a foot. He makes a like a pad stop. It goes right to this guy on the right on the right wing, and he he's shooting at like a he's like hitting like a soft soft ish one timer, like a six by four wide open net. And Flory makes an incredible push off and just like like an outfielder making a catch at the wall just absolutely robs him. I mean, it is like. I think that'd be hard to find, though. I mean, Marc Andre Fleury makes so many insane saves that <laughs> if you were trying to find, if you were like Marc Andre Fleury diving save, uh, you'd find at least like a, a whole highlight <laughs> reel of like 10, 10 minutes long of just Marc Andre Fleury making insane saves. So, yeah, you got it, it, It's probably pretty hard to find it, but regardless, yeah. you're in for a treat if you look up the Marc Andre is the Fleury definition highlights. of hockey mm-hmm. porn. Like I'm not, I'm not wrong. I don't, I don't know if that's. Oh come on! I don't know if that's the way I would phrase it, but like I that, mean, that, that was a great right, save. Like, like every hockey fan would <laughs> drool over to that, over it to was... see that live over and over again. Like, come on, that is the, that is the textbook definition to me. I don't care mm-hmm. what anyone says. I mean, that's something. Even that's like the. I don't remember if the player who, uh, shot I think that it was game a props, wasn't but it? even that's something you're just like, man. May, it might have been actually. I mean, like that's something you just like. Nice well, Ovechkin like, has been do? known to get props, though. I don't know if you guys remember this a year or two ago, but Alex Ovechkin took a beautiful on shot Price. one yep. timer, I believe, and Carey Price just absolutely yeah. stoned him. It was in his like, wheelhouse. Right after the and whistle everything. was blown, like Ovi went over and tapped. Yeah, Ovi tap tapped Carey Price's 
pads and he was just like great save because this is one like of course you're upset about the not getting the goal but at the end of the day if, if, if the goalie if the goalie absolutely robs you on a beautiful save yeah. at, at the end of the day you have to give them props it's, it's beautiful yeah. Rafi, there's not much you can do are, are, you did are all you, you okay could do over there before we get on to you yeah so yeah okay. i am good to go so one of our friends was very lucky to have was witnessed it Ethan, this moment. Right? I wish I was in his spot. It was it was Ben. No, it was Ben. Why did I think it was Ethan? Yes, mm-hmm. he went for his. It was it was his yes. birthday. It was his birthday gift to go to the Hawks game, to a Hawks game in mid to early February, and it just so happened that Patrick Kane had been getting inches and inches away from that one thousand point mark, and lucky for our friend Ben. He was able to witness Kaner's 1,000th point. And watching the videos, watching it live, seeing the whole crowd just erupt when it happened was just insane to see. He spent so far his whole career with the Blackhawks. I hope he finished his career with the Blackhawks as well. He's only 31 too, so he has plenty of time. But it was one of those mark benchmarks in the NHL player's career that really defines how good of a player they are. I feel like the 1,000-point mark is very is like the next tier of the thousand game mark i think the thousand game mark is you are really good at staying healthy obviously but you've also been around you've been a seasoned veteran you've been doing a great job you've done a lot for the league but the thousand point mark is you're playing in a you're a great veteran but you're also one of the best in the league so far if you're playing at the thousand points in your career that's something that's super impressive not a lot of players do that in their nhl career so it was a great moment to see, and the follow-up debates of whether or not he was, he was or wasn't the greatest American yeah. player of all time. I think, like, I think we all know moment. now that he he's he's definitely he's definitely top three for sure. But I think after that moment and the fact that he still has hopefully another at least five to nine years in yep. the NHL, he for sure can be. Known by the end of his career, oh, yeah. I think that kind of stable. I think that kind of that moment I there think... put it into perspective. Yep, absolutely. Definitely threw on the, the conversation for that. So that was I don't that, that must much. have been kind of cool for him too. A big yep. pass. It's one of those like passing of the torch moments. Although yep. even though it was like quite some time between Eddie Olchek's retirement and Patrick Kane entering the league, it's still one of those like. Like, hear you, like, acknowledging, like, if Michael Jordan acknowledged LeBron being, like, the best in the NBA, it, it's oh just one God, of those yeah. moments where it's just, like, oh yeah, you have become the best now. And mm-hmm. I think I, – I completely agree. I think you hit it really well that it – the fact that he was on the call and also getting excited, like, it's just one of those – you have earned this title now of one of the, one of the great American players in yep. the gracious sport of hockey. That Absolutely. about wraps up for this edition of the Puck Talk Live podcast. Be sure, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Puck Talk Live. We are the only Puck Talk Live Instagram. You can't miss it. We got that weird-looking green-yellow uh, commentator's headset for a logo. Uh, can't miss it. The one that Ryan made. You mean the one that I made? Or was that you? You made it. Well, I made it. I'm not dissing your logo. It. I'm just Don't like my logo. It's a matter of opinion. <laughs> you just you just dissed the logo. 
Be sure to you follow on myself on Twitter <laughs> at LJ Rosengard for other uh, news updates and tidbits. Rafi, plug your Twitter real quick. Rafi S eighty eight nineteen for some and awesome Foster, updates. plug your handle. Yeah, it's Noah underscore Foster eighteen. DM any of us or the Puck Talk Live Instagram. Uh, with any requests, any questions, just want to start a conversation, maybe start a debate, we'll respond. We'll get you your hockey fix now that season's been canceled for quite some time. Oh, yeah. We got we lots, lots of time. to do. School's almost done. We need done. ideas. Please we need help. topics to talk about. Send help. <laughs> on that note, my name's Logan Rosengard. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.